Let's talk to interesting people. Let's talk about the process of seeing things differently. Let's talk about the craft of molding truth and fiction together to arrive at something new and exciting. And let's have fun while doing it. Welcome to the True Fiction Podcast. Welcome to the True Fiction Podcast, where we talk to creative people and find out where all that creativity comes from. I'm your host, Patrick Boggs. Across the table from me is our amazing co-host, Norbert Yates. How's it going tonight, Norbert? I'm doing great, man. I'm ready to go. All right. Well, perfect. Hey, tonight we are talking to fine artist Stephen Rays. How's it going tonight, Stephen? I'm well. How you doing? We're doing great over here. We are happy to have you on tonight. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> so I've seen, uh, there's a really cool video and I will I will link that in the uh, description about you, and it's showing you painting, and then a little bit about you. But uh, I wanted to know when did when did this uh, when did this all start for you? Well, I started painting graffiti in oh four oh five. I can't the exact date. Freshman year, so it would have been oh four. I started painting that in oh four, and I got into fine art just not too too long ago. I started painting fine art in I want to say. 2016 2017 so not that long before i started you know focusing on canvas work uh, and stuff like that how was that transition i mean you're going to you're going to something that is is considered illegal and uh, and you're going to this uh this other thing that uh i mean now we all see trains go by especially in the in the midwest and see the amazing work that's done it's like a 40 mile an hour artwork you know so um, yeah, but how did how did that how did they make that transition? Well, the transition was pretty smooth, honestly. Um, well, I needed something because like I'd reached a point with graffiti where I mean I'll always have a love for it, but it had got kind of mundane to me. Like I I needed a spark, a, a new spark of creativity, and I uh, with fine art there was all these different alleyways and you know avenues I could go down to of you know discovering new artists the way it made me feel when I was a kid discovering graffiti artists, you know, guys in LA and the MSK crew, AWR. Um, when I was really young, they, they, I looked up to them and, you know, the East coast, New York subway style wars years, stuff like that. And so to be able to like learn about new artists from different, you know, long before I was born was very exciting to me. And I just fell in love with it. I did, I just basically did nothing but study other artists and, read about their life and you know their paintings and just it was very interesting to discover new bodies of work by different people you know outside of the graffiti world awesome did you find as you're studying artists did you find a sort of a thread that seems consistent like they tend to have this kind of personality they tend to do these kind of things what was there any sort of thread that you because one of the things that we have as we talk to creative people there's certain threads that you can see that the successful ones there's there's certain traits that they have. have was you able to or did you not look at it from that angle i definitely looked at it from several angles um of course like if i can relate to the artist or like feel like i could relate to them i was really drawn to their work but I was, I was, I'm intrigued. I mean, we're all different. That's the, you know, the, the beauty of life and, you know, everyone has their own personality and different things. So I was curious about all of it really, but like, obviously, you know, your Jackson Pollock, your Rothko, um, those guys 
who were, I guess you would call, I hate the term tortured artist, tortured soul. I don't like that term at all, but hmm. you know, it's very cliche, but um, obviously those guys were very intriguing to me and they put off a vibe. I felt like their work put off the vibe of what they were, you know, and that that's important to me, like to be able to, for someone to look at your work and really feel it instead of just look at it and see it, you know? Well, let's go back a little bit to the graffiti. I'm kind of interested in how, like, when you go, do, when you're a graffiti artist, do you have people that pay you do, to do graffiti? Do you just do it where people, you know, when people aren't looking? Is it a, some mixture of both? Because I I've, I know that in certain areas... It's almost encouraged, but I don't I don't know exactly how that works. And what what are the tools of the trade of a graffiti artist? I, I don't even know. The, obviously, you know, there are you can be commissioned to paint graffiti style work, which I've been commissioned before to do, you know, letter work on buildings or for businesses and stuff like that. And there's the illegal aspect of it, which I also was a part of. And that was painting um you know walls and they call it bombing which is you know throwing up doing throw-ups of your letter of your name you know you you kind of you, you adopt a name which is your persona per se uh i came up with rays you know it was i i started calling myself rays because it was like rays of light you know rays i just the letter style really flowed for me so i really fell in love with that letter combination and um but there's you know, they call it bombing, um, where you go bombing, and that's just on buildings. But there is a code. I always followed the code, which was no churches, no schools, um, certain things like that. I'm not into painting stuff like that. Um, and I try to, everything I've done, I try to make look obviously good. I, I wasn't ever the kid that was really out bombing, just tearing shit up, you know? I mean, but I, I, more than anything, I loved painting freights, um, trains, like going into different yards and that's a whole new um, adventure in itself. Uh, I first really got into freights um, when I in the early 90s where my mom and I lived at the time. Um, we lived right across the street from a main line. So in the early 90s, I was really young, and I would see trains go by all the time, and I was just in love with them. Even that young, I just remember being so intrigued with, with them. It was like I was just like rolling canvases. You know, it was just rolling steel canvases of art. And you didn't know where they came from, you know. You didn't know who, you know, who did the art, and what story was behind it. So it was just a mystery and very intriguing to me in itself. And I fell in love with it then. But it wasn't until my freshman year of high school, where I met other kids who did graffiti, who kind of got me involved until I started to participate. And then from then on, the next decade, I was painting trains, and I have painted a lot of freights throughout the years. And I have pictures of, obviously, you document them and stuff. Actually, I shouldn't have said I had pictures. But. <laughs> but. I have evidence. I mean, pictures. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but they're, they're all, they're all going to be gone tomorrow. It's just, yeah, they're, they're yeah. already gone. Yeah, they're gone, yeah. <laughs> the damn flood took them, damn it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've enjoyed the train art, but I'm ignorant on basically making it and putting it together. I noticed that I know spray cans are used, but did you, do you, have you ever used just paint paint in like in a, with a brush on there? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I've done little, mostly if, if you're going into a yard, like especially if it's graffiti, you don't take a brush and all the stuff, you know, I would always keep it. I mean, cause you never know if you're painting somewhere like a train yard, 
it's very dangerous at times. And, you know, unless the yard is like super chill and laid back and you've got like where you can just have all the time in the world, you kind of, if you're smart, you know, how I used to do it was I'd wear a little, you know, satchel type deal and I would take what I need out and have everything ready labeled um, and have it on me. You know, you don't want to have cans all over the place. If somebody shows up, you want to be able to get out of there as quick as possible, not have to put a paintbrush up, put put the top. You don't have time for all that. So you want to be able to – you got to get out of there fast. So, you know, no, most of the time in the yard it's been with just spray cans. And I keep everything very organized and together. That way in an emergency I can get out of there and not have to leave evidence or anything else behind. You're just gone. And this is all hypothetical, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah this is what I – this is what I would do, yeah. Yes. This is what some of the boys talked about. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I noticed that it was huge for a while to see uh, stencil work. Do you, did you do much stencil work? No, I never. I, I respect it, and I'm into it. There's some, I mean, Banksy and all. You know, a lot of the people who have, I definitely dig it. But, no, it's, it's never an avenue I've uh, went down personally. When you think about a doing a piece like that do you sketch it out on a notepad hypothetically uh, or do you just go in and you because my thing is that the scale of that is i suppose it's like anything else the more you do it the more you become comfortable with with the can whatever the canvas is that you're working on but i would start out you know at one size and by the time i got to the end of you know a building or a train car i'd be you know at a totally different scale does how do you think about doing that? Is it just muscle memory, and you, and after a while you get familiar with it, or is it a process of sketching out? And you know, I, I don't know. It can it can be both. Um, I mean, obviously, the longer you do something, the better you become at it, and the more comfortable you are with your craft or whatever it is that you're into. Um, when I was younger, I would start out. I would do sketches, and they call them black books in the graffiti world. You know. The black book is something you would pass around to your friends and you show them your art and let them sign it. Um, other artists, if you went to like Scribble Jam, which is an art, you know, out of town art event, music event, different things like that, you take your book and let other, um, they call them graph heads, uh, hit, you know, sign your book. But a lot of times now, like, you know, I've been doing it for so long, I've kind of reached a level where I can improvise and just, I think now to me, it's just fun to, freestyle or be able to organically just create something on the spot. Cause to me that really captures the moment instead of like going there with a sketch and trying to, which I don't knock that either, but I like being able to freestyle and just come up with something off the top, you know, is so transitioning into your fine art or your transition away from uh, graffiti. Do you think about your pieces? I'm kind of jumping the, the gun. We'll probably go back a little bit to the transition, but is is that the same way that you think about your art now? I was watching that video and it seemed like you you have kind of a um, a modern sort of approach to things. Is it is it? I kind of kind of equate that to uh, jazz, you know, where you just they go on riffs and they're playing stuff, and it's not like they're sitting home, you know, coming together with a composition and they rehearse it, rehearse it, rehearse it, and then they play it. Is the, is the jazz analogy apt for what you're doing that's a now? Great, that's a, yeah, that's a great analogy. Um, I love jazz music. That's one of the, you know, Coltrane, Miles Davis, Charlie Parker. Those are, that's some of the go-to guys I listen to when I do create art. I love jazz, love blues. So that really gets me in the mood to create. But no, that's a great comparison. Um, 
just being able to flow and get in the zone. Uh, I guess they call it like the flow state, you know, uh, being able to just tap into something and create. But as much as I've created, like now, I just still think it's like a feeling of like, I haven't reached my full potential. Like there's just, there's other avenues. Like some of the artists that I do look up to um, are Francis Bacon. I don't know if you're, are you familiar with his work? I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's done some really amazing work, and I just like those are avenues I'm trying to explore more. Like I still do graffiti, but I'm trying to dive more into the those type of fields. Like where you know, I don't know. I'm just at a different point in life now. Um, which video were you referring to? The one where I was doing the lyric wall? Um, uh, well, actually, it was just you talking, painting, and it was a you in the park talking. Uh, my Mark Cook song plays at a part of it. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah, that was a that's one like the, the very first video that I've ever um created um, oh cool my work has changed a lot since then um i kind of focus more on that was more like abstract stuff for me where i would do like do quotes and hieroglyphics and stuff like that like lately i've been more like focused on mental health and um creating mind states um and characters that you know display feelings you know Wow, that sounds very interesting. The thing I really was uh, really liked about that video, what you were doing, when you say hieroglyphics, that makes, I mean, that makes perfect sense. You're talking because you're talking in the video about words, and I wasn't catching words on that. But the one thing I thought was just amazing, and it, it just and now that I think about it, it's even more amazing, is that you were using layers. You had a lot of different layers on that, which. I mean, that's something that you don't necessarily see a lot of. You do see it, but not a lot of that on um, freight art. So I thought that was really cool to see that. I I can't wait to look at your other stuff. Norbert, showing me pictures of your stuff. Well, Francis Bacon. Ah, Francis Bacon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Now, have you ever had any formal art training? I have not. Um, I actually just, I went, I mean, I had art classes in high school. I actually just yesterday, one of my old art teachers from when I went to McLean, Miss Ellis, I actually just went and talked to her or to this to Booker T. Washington High School yesterday to the whole school, which was interesting. I've never obviously done anything like that before. <laughs> wow. So it was a pleasure for me to do that. But she was my art teacher and basically the very my the only art teacher that ever really believed in my work and supported me. And she got me involved in my first uh, show, high school show at the Swope and uh, oh, my wow. junior year. Um, but no, other than that, I have not, I'm friends with a lot of artists that are, have got master's degrees and, um, you know, art degrees and whatnot, but no, personally, no, I I don't. Uh, just a second. I want to tell our listeners, the Swope is a really beautiful art museum downtown in, uh, in Terre Haute, Indiana. So if you're ever in the area, you want to see some really beautiful things, uh, and uh, there's all kinds of very famous art there, and it, the names escape me right now. But I, uh, it's a really good, it's a really nice uh, museum. So, anyway, go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, yeah, that's a formal art education might be nice, but it's not necessary. But one of the things I was thinking about when you think about a piece, because I was looking at the Francis Bacon stuff, which is quite a departure from the more abstract stuff. What kind of mechanical, not mechanics, but what kind of what kind of things do you think about? Like one of the things that I think about for the work I do, which is much more representational. Uh, representational, yeah. <clears throat> I think about, you know, spacing and light and shadow and form. 
What are the things that you think most about when you're creating a piece now? Relaying how I feel, basically my feelings, trying to convey a feeling of emotion. That is the most important thing to me now. Like, as I said earlier, mental health is a huge thing for me. It's it's a movement that I really stand behind because it's something that I've dealt with my whole life, but I've never really addressed it too much. I mean, I have in past little interviews or talks with people, but now it's very important to me because it, in my work, because it's a, uh, it's a very I'm trying to think of how to phrase it correctly. It's um, it's it's not taken as seriously as it should, you know, be taken. Uh, it's very serious, and I don't think people understand how serious stuff like that can be for people, especially if you've never experienced anything like that. So to me, that's my most important thing is trying to put that into my art and get that out there. I like that you're trying to say something very, very strong with your art. It's interesting. It almost seems like you went from, like, it almost sounds like you're going from, like, abstract work to very solid representational with with the way that you feel. One thing I, I find interesting is when you look at your art, can you see your own personal growth through it? Most definitely. That's why a lot of times when people want to shake. Like just like for example, we were talking about sharing the older video. I I don't really like to share older stuff. Like if, if especially if I'm growing because it's not where I'm at right now. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. My, my work my work has drastically changed since then. So I'm I feel like the more that I create and the the more experience I get, the more in tune with myself I get, and I'm able to document more how I feel now and things that are just more important to me now than things, you know, than they were, you know, I think about my work and one of the things I, as I've gotten older, my tools have become more important. I've become more fussy with them. Uh, When I started, I was just trying to learn how to, you know, capture something that's vaguely represented what was in my head. Now that as, as you're, you know, you go along on that journey you start to become a little bit more able to closely get what's in your head down on the paper. So the tools become more important to refine that. I don't know, but I'm a more representational artist that, you know, and you're more of an emotional artist while I, tr- I'm mean, hopefully, I, you know, you capture emotions, but you, you're, you have a little bit different bent. Is that as important to you or is, or is color, Something that you think about, I mean, is is much more like a variety of colors or does any of that matter? Does what is important to you when you're working through your process? Well, color, um, color coordination is definitely very important to me. It was more important in the abstract when I was playing around with the hieroglyphics and shapes and stuff back then. I, I mean, it was it was very important because I would. You know, you do different shades of light for the light background and a dark shade to make it pop over the top or really dark shades for the background and then a lighter outline over the top to make it pop. Now, to me, it's more about the colors matter, but it's the the, the, the facial expressions and the mannerisms of the characters or the portraits that I'm painting now, the line work that I'm doing now that is the most important to me. The latest inspiration for, obviously, besides Francis Bacon, not the latest because I've known about it for a while, but I really am obsessed with the uh, Goya, the black paintings from those period. It was between, I want to say, 1819 and 1823, he created a series of paintings that were just amazing. And this was when he was, 
isolated and towards the end of his life. And uh, if you look up some of those paintings, they're just incredible. And that is the and exactly what I'm trying to encompass with my work because they're just such strong pieces that you can't, you know, you know what I mean? They're very dark and visceral. I know, I know, I know about Goya. And this is representation of your mental state at this, at the time you're making these then? A lot of times. Yes. Um, the past few years of my life have been, maybe that's because this period of what's where my life is at. I'm not really sure. Um, but art is the only thing that I do feel like I have that's always been there. So it's the outlet that I'm going to use to express everything that I'm going through. And I just taking all the misfortunes and things, I just want to put everything that I'm feeling into the art. I do make positive pieces too, um, in bright pieces, but I like capturing the, the despair, the, the thoughts that people think and the feelings people feel but don't speak of that's how that's what i want to put on canvas and on paper is the things that people are are scared or intimidated to share with others and hope hope that people out there who suffer from their own issues or can relate to issues of mental health and um, different things addictions and different things that they'll be able to relate to that and get something from it I think one thing about Goya that I appreciate was how he handled darkness and and light because things are usually in sha- are in in a kind of a shadow world in a lot of the stuff that he, that I've seen of him, and I, that's um, yes. that's very interesting. Can you walk us through a project like uh, what kind of uh, what kind of materials you're using and and from like how do you start that project? Do you do you draw sketches first? How how does how does that work? A lot of times when I start something, I have a vision of how I want it to look in my mind at first. I'll think about it for a while. That's the first thing is I like to think about it. I, I like to think about how I'm going to do the process, how I'm going to start the process, how I'm going to perform the painting in itself, you know? So that's the first thing is just I stew over it for a while and keep and burn that thought or that image into my brain. And then I work on the background and I'll get a background laid. And a lot of times the shades that I use with, I do a lot of acrylic or oil or aerosol. I do like, that's one of the things I do use spray cans for now is I like doing them with uh, backgrounds. I'm very good with blending with them. And I love doing backgrounds on canvases or paper with uh, aerosol. So I'll do the background and then I'll, I'll keep thinking about it. And then I will start little by little. A lot of times it's very strange because um, there's times that I'll go a month, I'll just stare at the background for a month or a couple weeks, and it just takes me forever to get started. But once I start, I don't want to say it's an out-of-body experience, but it's like someone else has control of the the driving wheel, and I'm just kind of executing it or performing the the art. I'll sometimes indulge in uh, wine and definitely jazz music when I'm painting. I'd like to not drink wine, but it's kind of strange. Or when when you when you do that and you have some drinks and you paint, it becomes a habit and a routine. And after you've done it for so long, it's hard to create without doing it. I mean, I'm not complaining, but <laughs> <laughs> how do you know when you're done? I don't know. That's a great question. Something just tells me it's done. I can. I, I, that's a very. I, I wish I could answer that, um, but honestly, I I don't know. I just, it's just a feeling. It's a feeling that I have that it's finished. I know. I just know, you know? 
Mine's always deadlines. That's how I know I'm done. It's like I got I got to turn it in. <laughs> I understand that. Somebody smarter than me once said that art is never good. Art is never finished, just abandoned. And I think if you're not a graphic artist and you're doing fine art, yeah. And there's stuff I've 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 finished and for for a graphic job and and I revisit it, you know, because I'm like. I know this isn't getting me any further monetarily or anything else, but I I know that I can do this. I know I can, you know, do this a little bit more, a little better than I, I left it. Like I understand. Um, I can understand. I, I struggle with certain things about the art world in that sense of dealing with people or, um, you know, I go through phases where I just literally shut everything off and want to just not talk. You know what I mean? Like, isolation you know it's how i find my peace and i I feel much happier i know we're in a a social media world now and it it runs everything and it's it's been made to basically make everyone feel like we need it to be successful or you know this and that but i feel so much better without it i don't feel as stressed i don't feel as depressed i feel better when you're focusing on the work and focusing on living in reality and in the moment it just makes me a lot happier but I'm I'm uh I'm caught in the trap to some degree too. I've got a couple legs hanging out the trap. <laughs> I'm still there though. <laughs> what do you do when you have a piece and you have this idea? Because I've or at least I've had this experience where I've had an idea and it's just not quite coming out like you want it to. And is your is what do you typically do? Do you abandon it? Do you put it away and come back to it later? Do you redo it? and force your way through a, to a, a, a solution that satisfies you or something else? I destroy the piece. Wow. Don't let that piece bully you. <laughs> Get it out of here. Yeah, I, yeah I, just, I destroy the piece. If, if, I, if it's something that is not starting off or it doesn't feel like it's going to groove or flow the way that it should or I've completely lost track of the concept of what I was trying to do, I just get rid of the, just destroy it and start over. How long do you th- suspect you put into a typical piece? And what size do you, when you, do you typically like to work at a certain size or does it matter to you? I'm pretty ambitious when it comes to size. I love large pieces. I love creating very, very large pieces. Those can take a lot of time. Um, but sometimes having the space to store pieces that are, 60 by 70, you know, just very large pieces, you know. Those are my favorite kind of pieces to do, but lately I've been finding myself making smaller pieces, you know, lately. But I, it just depends time-wise. I, um, it can take – the smaller pieces obviously don't take as much time as something that's going to be just a, a massive, you know, mini wall size piece. But it just depends. depends on – how many layers I'm adding and uh, different things like that. So you you may have answered this a little bit earlier, but I was going to ask you, how has the pandemic affected your art? I think the pandemic, well, obviously I I think it's been very interesting. Um, I said once before to someone that I don't, as horrible as it's been, uh, it's been very horrible and we've lost a lot of lives you know and it's just been that that's been very terrible but as far as like having to stay home and like 
get in touch with myself and like focus on my creativity, it's helped me a lot. I mean, it's definitely been, you know, when you're, when during the isolation period of quarantine and whatnot, I created a ton of work. I was just sitting at home painting and in the zone all the time, just, you know, especially with that. It was very, very dark, scary time, really, because we didn't know what was going to happen. And all I could do, you know, to keep myself as sane as possible was paint. So it that's when painting and things like that can save your life, you know. I'm, I'm very thankful that I have an outlet like that that I can pour myself into because some people don't have that. So I'm very thankful and to have something that I can really put all my energy and creativity into and express how I feel. That At times like that, I really understood how fortunate that I was. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, every artist goes through this to a certain degree. Do you feel criticism personally of your work? Or, like, how do you receive the way people look at your stuff? I mean, even most artists that I know, they can have, you know, 99 people praise their stuff, but if they hear one bit of criticism, then they get very agitated and focused on that. How do you deal with that? When I was younger, I used to deal with it poorly, but... You know, when I was younger, I didn't do well with it. Now, I don't care at all. What is the Ricky Nelson song? It's just such a great comparison. You can't please everyone. You got to please yourself. I'm not yeah. paying art for people. I paint it because it's my therapy. It's my practice. It's what I do. So, and I've just, I mean, it's a, it's a big world, you know? Some people are into plain air, um, abstract, um, realism, you know? You're not going to win them all. I mean, so if, if, some people can connect with it. Wonderful. If some people don't connect with it, wonderful. I, that doesn't bother me at all. It's always it's always interesting to me because there's there's a certain how can I say it? There's it's it's a eye of the beholder kind of thing. I, I my wife likes to watch these co- cooking shows, and these cook uh, these cooks or bakers they do these beautiful pieces for the most part, and they all look really good. And they're yeah. like, well, one person says, well, you know, that's got too much oregano for me, or it's got too much of this for. And I was thinking, well, how much is this is just a preference as opposed to an actual, you know, somebody did something mechanically wrong? I don't know. I'm always kind of like confused by, you know, and and, and I guess wa- watching that has helped me like look at criticism and go, well, you know. You may be doing something, you know, if you know somebody criticizes something, you're like, well, is it a preference thing or is it an actual substance thing? Most of the time, an artist will know when they've like, ah, yeah, that's pretty fair or, you know, even if they don't like it. But hmm, that's my little ditty on that. Well, it's, um, I love the, I think it's on Netflix, the, the Great British Baking Show. I love that show. <laughs> You know, no, that to me is, um, I mean, they, they subject themselves to that by entering that kind of competition and that kind of, if, if I wanted that type of criticism, I would have went to art school so they could tell me everything <laughs> that I was, was wrong. I wasn't interested in that. I think art school is great, but I don't think you have to have it. I'm self-taught. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do criticize my work or don't like certain things or, or they do like certain things. I don't know. I just keep creating the work and keep moving forward at the like i said at the end of the day it's just it's my therapy 
So the people that I can help and touch from the art, then great. People who get it, great. And if you don't, that's cool too. Everyone is inspired. A lot of the graffiti guys that, you know, that from the AWR crew and those guys, you know, I was a kid. Most people, they were some of the prominent figures in the graffiti movement. Of course, you're going to look up to them and you're going to try to learn from them. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to learn. Anybody who tells you that they just did this and that's where it came from, they're lying. Everyone has been inspired. Everyone has been, I mean, I mean, look at, um, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. There's just tons. Look at some of George Kondo's work. He's a big inspiration for me. George Kondo was blatantly inspired by Picasso. There's no other, there's no denying that. There's no, I, as far as like when I was in the hieroglyphic and doing abstract stuff, I was inspired by de Kooning, Krasner, um, Borges. He was a, um, hieroglyphic artist there's just hieroglyph there's thousands of hieroglyphic artists out there doing that kind of stuff you know so you just gotta that's why i look back at a lot of the earlier stuff that i was doing and i look at those as my learning years you know i'm i feel like i'm just now within the past year and a half two years doing work that you know is i've learned i've absorbed and soaked in so much of, of of other art and just knowledge and learning that I'm just now able to create things that are, I want to say hundred percent my feelings, my, and with, with no outside inspiration, you know, or all that inspiration is culminated to basically give you your own style. I mean, I always think that I actually can't listen to Jimi Hendrix anymore. I'm just tired of Jimi Hendrix, but you know what? There would have been no Eddie Van Halen without Jimi Hendrix. There's so much, of the music today is from what happened before. Same with art. We all built on what came before us, but we use that. And I, I believe uh, a lot of times we can elevate it. Yes. That's, that's what I feel like you should do. That's that to me, that is the responsibility of if you're going to make serious art or you're going to make serious music, you are supposed to take what you've learned and raise the bar. That's that is the most important thing. You don't want to duplicate anything. The the key is to take every. I've said that take everything that you're inspired by, throw it in the pot, mix it up, and that that is you. That's what you come out. Whatever comes out with is what you know. You're supposed to raise the bar and keep progressing. A great, a even better comparison or way to look at it is my dad. It was you know you've interviewed my dad and talked to him. He learned. Paul Butterfield, Harmonica Licks, all the guys from, you know, Jimmy, all the guys from back in the day, he studied their licks and he learned their licks. And that's how he came up with his own sound and his own style. And that's with art or that's with anything you study, you learn. And a lot of the graffiti artists are different people that have just in that one area, you know, just graffiti. I see a lot of the, the fine art that they're doing now and you can see who they were inspired by. You can see the other artists from the seventies or sixties, coming through in their work that they were inspired by this, you know, and that's, that makes me happy because that, it really lets me know that we're all connected. You know, we're all, we're all connected and we're all learning and, ex- and living this experience together. Absolutely. I want to kind of start to, to wind down on my questions is, and one is, I've got kind of three questions left. Uh, one is one of the things I have to think about communicating what I do because I'm, I'm primarily uh, telling visual stories. So I have to think about communication to an audience. How do you think about communicating 
is that something that you even think about or is what you do a personal thing that if somebody else gets, that's great. But I prime, I don't think about an audience when I'm creating this. I think about the art, uh, what I'm feeling and the, and the, and what I'm creating when I'm, you know, while I'm creating the art, the audience that I'm targeting will, will get it, you know, and the people who won't get it, won't get it. I, I just look at it that way. It's something I just kind of know the people who I want to target the audience of people that are struggling and that are in despair. And then, you know, that need something or need to look at something and know that someone relates to them. That's the audience that I'm targeting. I want to target the people who, you know, have been on at the bottom. Uh, you know, I don't want to target, you know, someone who is carefree with no worries and uh, good for them, you know. But most people aren't. It's not like that. I want the people who have been through the ringer, you know, to look at my art and realize that they're not alone. Someone else has been through that and is there with them, you know. And they're creating this work, and hopefully, I can be an inspiration to them to keep going and to create any way they can. So, my final uh, exit uh, exam question for you is two parts: What is creativity, and B, what is art? Are they different? Are they the same? To follow up with what you were saying about targeting the audience of people who will get it and who won't get it, to me, art isn't a question of whether or not somebody's going to get it. To me, art is the answer. Your art that you make is the answer. It's not the question. It's what it's it's the statement. So those who who will get it, you know, will get it. And what was the other part you said? Part A was uh, creativity. Is it is it different than art? Is uh, what is creativity to you? Creativity is anything that you do to, to express yourself, whether you're designing clothes, whether you're playing music, which I like all of those things. I like designing clothes and make, making clothes, painting, anything that you do to express yourself is uh, art and creativity to me. Yeah, very good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I would agree with you. I like the I like that that art is the not the question but the statement. And uh, you know, I, the great thing about that is that, that statement can be different for everybody. Yes, definitely. Or the interpretation of that statement, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Most definitely. So have you ever created something with a certain plan? Well, you know, you your art is to emote a feeling that you're, that you've, you've come up with this, uh, and you, you start on this path to have this art say a certain thing. Have you ever got to where you're basically done with it but then you look at it and it says something different to you? No, I've never experienced that, honestly. Like I said, if something, if I'm painting and, you know, midway or early start through, I feel like I'm not conveying what I want to convey, then I just destroy the piece uh, and start over. No, I've never, I've never gotten all the way through a piece and then looked at it and thought, that's not the message I was trying to convey. That's, that's not, that's never happened. Hmm. Have you ever surprised yourself? Yes, definitely. I feel like I'm con- continuing continuing to grow as an artist. And I have a feeling, as I said earlier, you know, just a feeling deep down that I've not created. I'm not where I'm going to be at, you know, f- obviously five years from now. I'm just continuing to progress. And there's different levels that I'm going to continue to, to grow and get to. I haven't documented something yet that I feel like this is the best that I can do. The best is yet to come. When people are creative, 
they have usually, whether it's music, clothes, fine arts, even graphic arts, they have a um, kind of a record of where they were at a certain point that they can look back to and say, I remember that time. Or, you know, I remember when I was going through this. Uh, I think that's pretty oh, neat. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you think that. about that much? All the time. I love that. I can do that with paintings from a few years ago. Something that my dad has instilled in me at, at a young age that I'm very fortunate enough that he, you know, that he did was uh, documenting time. He's always been into pictures and, and he's always made me pictures my whole life of like, things I've painted and that's just been so important to me. Somebody asked me not long ago I, and I told him my most prized possessions are, are possession is my pictures, my, my albums, you know, like things that have from the, the great pieces that I've painted that I can look back on those and tell you what I did this night, what led up to it, where I painted it at, or look back at paintings and tell you the story behind them. And so that's something that I'm, you know, very fortunate that he's, taken that as serious as he has because yeah documenting time is very important you know you don't get time back so yeah you know it's just one of the most important things to me do you ever think about publishing anything like that about telling where you were at the time that you did this art not that per se it's a great idea but i've actually in the work in the works i've been compiling paper drawings and sketches and different things um, that i've done with pen and stuff like that that i do plan on making a book eventually like a, a magazine style book of you know illustrations and different things like that so that's definitely been a plan for a while i'm just waiting till i have 100 120 or so drawings together and I'm going to put poetry with the imagery and get a book together. That's definitely in, in the future plans. That sounds awesome. Definitely be interested in checking that out. Definitely. So, Stephen, where can people view your art? Well, at the moment, I had a website. I got locked out of it. My friend had created it for me. He's really good at that stuff. And somehow I have been locked out of it for a while. So I'm in the process now of getting a new page together. So at the moment, I've just been displaying stuff on my Facebook account. I don't. I got rid of my Instagram account. I don't like Instagram, um, but I'm so that stuff's kind of in the works. I'll have stuff within the next couple months of uh, links to websites, etc., to to be able to share with people. I've got um, said so I got a buddy designing me a new page, so that should be together within the next couple months. Cool. Well, very good. Yeah, you'll have to you have to t- tell us about it, and we'll post it on the site so we get uh, people to come check your stuff out. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, I don't want to keep you all night, but I really appreciate you talking to us. This has been a blast. I've really hey, enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed uh, chatting with you all and uh, just getting to know each other a little bit better, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I can't wait to uh, see more of your stuff, man. So Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. Absolutely. We'll keep an eye out for with you. Thank you for your time. Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, have a good evening, man. Hey, have a great evening. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging out with us on the True Fiction Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please visit us at Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay true and stay creative. You're too late.